Hello, my name is Vincent Shaw and welcome to episode 3 of Our World, your weekly podcast to discuss political news and historical tales from our past. As always, if you want to discuss anything that I've raised in this podcast or want anything to be discussed in future episodes, you can tweet me at HistoryShawV using the hashtag OurWorld. So, the main news this week was the impeachment of President Trump in the United States. Um, this has made him the first president in US history to be impeached twice. Now, the trial date has not yet been set. Um, the US Senate, uh, who will uh, put him on trial, will uh, not reconvene now until January the 19th. Uh, President-elect Biden is not... Will be sworn in on the twentieth of January. Now the the Democrats will not want anything to overshadow the inauguration of Mr. Biden, so they will not do anything until after he has been sworn in as president of of the United States. So the move any move for this will be done after after that date. Also, the main aim of this impeachment process is not or has not been the removal of President Trump as the United States uh, president, but more to bar him from running for office ever again. He, he has said that it's clear he wants to run uh, for office again in four years' time. The Democrats do not want that to happen under any circumstances, so they will want to bar him from holding uh, any office ever again. So... They're in they're in no rush at the moment to to start the process. Uh, the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has played the cards very close to her chest. She's not said at all when the uh, trial is is due to start, but um, don't expect any movement until after the inauguration of Joe Biden as the next President of the United States. Um, but what I'm going to focus on now, is, on this podcast, is something that made the news very briefly this week. Uh, felt like only been for, for a matter of a couple of hours. And then seemed to uh, die a death somewhat. I've not heard much since then. And that is the uh, behaviour of the Conservative MP, Steve Baker. Now... Steve Baker is a major player within the Conservative Party, one of the main figures of the EIG, the European Research Group. Do you remember them? They're the uh, arch-Eurosceptic wing of the Conservative Party, sometimes known as the party within a party. Uh, they drove Brexit. They've been Eurosceptics for as long as, as I can remember. A major player in, within the uh, Leave campaign, uh, Steve Baker, um, he is now part of the so-called COVID recovery group, um, looking for greater oversight into what the uh, government plans to do with lockdowns and what they're planning to do once we get over the, the pandemic, how we're going to, uh, as a nation, move on uh, and so forth. Now, he has, Steve Baker, he has supported lockdowns in the past, um, he was supposed to, particularly the first lockdown, big supporter of of lockdown. Then, indeed, he um, you will recall, he demanded the sacking of Dominic Cummings when he broke the first lockdown, uh, with, with his infamous trip to to Barnard Castle. So we're not talking about someone who's a, an arch COVID skeptic here. He's um, he has supported lockdowns in, in the past. 
and been critical of people who have broke the rules. Um, now, what, what's happened this week, though? It, well, what's happened is that Mr Baker sent a message to fellow members of the COVID recovery group. And this is what he said. He said, it was imperative you equip the chief whip today with your opinion that debates will become about the PM's leadership if the government does not set out a clear plan for when our full freedoms will be restored with a guarantee that this strategy will not be used again next winter. Let's have a think about that. Focus on this here. The debates will become about the PM's leadership. That's this is fascinating. Inflammatory stuff. Steve Baker MP, major player when it comes to, to Brexit, part of the European Research Group, the ERG, calling into question the Prime Minister and his leadership. The Prime Minister who led the Leave campaign during the 2016 EU referendum. Uh, led the nation out of the EU when he agreed the trade agreement with the European Union. Calling to question his, his leadership. Now, Steve Baker, he, he backtracked, he came under criticism from within his own party and backtracked almost immediately, uh, saying he, he, had, he fully supported the, the Prime Minister. But the cat is now out of the bag. We now know from this message Steve Baker sent to his fellow MPs, that clearly some MPs do not support Boris Johnson. He may well backtrack, but that doesn't matter now. We know that there will be consequences of his leadership unless he provides full details of what's going to happen. Indeed, that if we ensure we do not have another lockdown almost in, in winter, next winter. Now, Boris Johnson's leadership is not under any sort of threat at the moment. But this has all the echoes of the stalking horse campaign against Margaret Thatcher in 1989. So I want to explain what a stalking horse campaign is in, in a moment. But just to go through what happened in 1989. is that in, in, At that time there was a, a pro-European MP by the name of Sir Anthony May. A pro-European, very liberal uh, MP. Uh, mounted a campaign against the uh, leadership of Margaret Thatcher. It's kind of odd now to, to think of uh, a Conservative MP being undermined by a pro-European. Uh, uh, we've had uh, decades now of Conservative leaders having problems with uh, Eurosceptics. You, you, you think of Theresa May, the issue she had trying to, well, after the Brexit referendum, the issue she had with the EIG. David Cameron trying to keep the party united. He ended up on the EU referendum just to placate the Eurosceptics. Um, we had Sir John Major constantly battling throughout the Maastricht process. Uh, Ian Duncan Smith, Michael Howard, whenever they were leaders of the Conservative Party, always had issues with Eurosceptics. In 1989, it was different. Margaret Thatcher struggled against pro-Europeans. Uh, Santi Mayor uh, was a pro-European. He was, as I said, he was liberal. He was also the, the only Conservative MP who voted against the Falklands War, which on its own is actually quite fascinating because we think nowadays of the um, Falklands conflict as being one where the entire nation was united in support of the task force as it 
sailed into the South Atlantic to free those islands from the fascist military junta of Argentina. But Sir Anthony Mayer um, was opposed to that war. A Conservative MP opposed to the Falklands War. You just wouldn't hear such an utterance nowadays, but then, yes, he he was against that war. So he, he challenged the uh, Margaret Thatcher for the leadership, and he was a stalking horse uh, candidate. Now, what a stalking horse candidate is, is simply that they, they are a candidate looking to mount a challenge for the leadership of something. We'll use the Conservative Party on, on this occasion. But they know full well they're not going to win. It's a what's the point in, in, in doing that, you, you, you may well ask. But the, the idea is that they are testing the waters, so to speak, on behalf of an unknown and unseen third party. So Anthony May on this occasion, he actually was expecting and hoping that Michael Heseltine would then come in and challenge for the leadership of the Conservative Party. But this is what a stalking horse does. They they run they challenge to see how popular or unpopular the leader actually is. They do not expect to win, but they're going to see how close they can get. And if they can weaken the leader um, substantially enough, then this unseen, unknown third party would then seize the chance because the leader has been weakened. And the rest of that political party, or whatever the entity may be, will see that and they don't want to weaken leader. The leader has to be in a strong position. So in 1989, uh, Santi Mayer challenged Margaret Thatcher as his stalking horse candidate. He was defeated by 133 votes to 33. So quite a resounding defeat. However, it was after they counted the abstentions and spoilt votes that Margaret Thatcher became weakened. They found once they counted abstentions and spot votes that 60 MPs did not support Margaret Thatcher in 1989. And it was from that that the Conservative Party at the time started to think the unthinkable. They started to plot and discuss whether or not the lady who had led the Conservative Party to three consecutive general election victories, 79, 83 and 87, whether... She was a person to lead them into the next general election. And the, the plots grew and grew until the following year. Michael Heseltine then decided to challenge Margaret Thatcher for the leadership. He lost the first ballot, but Margaret Thatcher did not win by um, enough. And they had to, under the Conservative rules at, the, uh, at that time, they had to have a second ballot. Uh, initially, Margaret Thatcher did say she was going to run in that, in that um, second ballot, but after discussions with her cabinet colleagues um, and her husband, uh, Dennis Thatcher, she uh, decided to withdraw from the contest. She resigned as leader of the Conservative Party and as the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. And in the, the subsequent um, leadership campaign, Sir John Major emerged victorious. He became leader of the Conservative Party and the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. So that's what a stalking horse campaign can do. It can bring down a, a Prime Minister, and that's what happened in 1989, uh, 1990. Now, I am not suggesting at the moment that what is happening in the uh, Conservative Party, that this is a stalking horse 
campaign against Boris Johnson. But it, it is absolutely, absolutely fascinating to come out and 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 do the and do this, say this almost publicly, because it's been made public now. He has called into question the leadership of Boris Johnson or to begin discussions. He's not under threat at the moment. He's got an 80-seat majority in the House of Commons, so he is quite secure as it stands, Boris Johnson. But this will start the whisperings in Parliament. Possibly more so now they are, all, they are working remotely. Uh, Parliament is known as a, a hive of rumours, gossip and innuendo. But now the the majority of MPs are working remotely. They don't have to gather in corners, in corridors, whispering to each other, plotting who, who is strong, who's in, you know, who can move against the Prime Minister, who's in favour, who isn't. They can do this from home. They can chat to each other using social media, WhatsApp groups, maybe not social media, so the Twitter and Facebook won't be the place to, to do such discussions, but certainly WhatsApp, maybe on other messenger uh, applications. And th these things have a habit of snowballing, gathering momentum. You know, the, uh, the, the old saying and cliche, um, you know, from a tiny acorn goes a mighty oak, whatever the, the saying is. The, these have a habit of uh, developing. So, well, what what's this very very closely? What's going to happen with uh, the prime minister? So I'm not going to just end end this podcast. It's something I'm going to bring in, uh, weekly. Uh, just like my thoughts on the uh, events of the of the past week. Uh, I'm trying with a title at the moment. At the moment, I'm going to go with uh, Vin thinks. If you think that's a bit, well, a bit, a bit cheesy or something like that, if you think something better, then tweet me at HistoryShotRV using the hashtag OurWorld. Send me your thoughts on the news items I've discussed or if you want anything to be brought up or if, you know, think of uh, titles for ending the, this particular part of the podcast. But this is my, these will be now my thoughts on what has happened during the week and what is or will be likely to happen Um it's almost a prediction or, or so. So my th first thoughts are on the impeachment of Donald Trump. Um, my thoughts are that he he will be found guilty. He will become the first president in U.S. history to be found guilty in an impeachment trial. There will be the two thirds majority they need. No prime, no president has been found guilty in an impeachment trial before. He will be the first, and I tell the reason why. The Republicans now, this trial is going to take place after Joe Biden becomes president. So the Republicans now will not have the same loyalty to President Trump as they would have had had this trial taken place during his actual presidency. Um, a lot of them will now be jostling, thinking, it is, is it now their time to seek the nomination of the Republican Party? for the next president of the United States after Joe Biden's term has ended. So they will be thinking, they will be jostling. Now, what is also interesting to know is that uh, during the uh, debate 
to start the uh, impeachment trial is that none of the Republicans during that debate defended President Trump. They argued against the process. They didn't defend President Trump. They were already distancing themselves from, from President Trump. So now the process has begun, the impeachment trial. They, 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 can they now twist, turn it and start defending President Trump? They, if they were going to do that, they should have done it to prevent the impeachment trial. But that trial is going to go ahead. So are they going to suddenly start defending him? I can't say it's possible. Uh, furthermore, Vice President Mike Pence has clearly distanced himself from President Trump. I'll be surprised if those two are now even on uh, speaking terms now. Um, when they discussed the 25th Amendment, which is the removal of President Trump because he's unfit to stay in office, what Mike Pence did... He didn't disagree with the 25th Amendment because he thought President Trump was fit to stay in office. He just said it wasn't right for the country at this time. Which is a very interesting way of defending because he, again, just as the Republicans during the impeachment process didn't defend Donald Trump, Mike Pence, Vice President Pence, did not defend President Trump. What he said was it wasn't right for the nation. So again, he has distanced himself. That's his, that he's giving leeway and room for the other Republicans to, to move, giving them some chance to start to move against President Trump and actually impeach him, find him guilty of impeachment. So, I think there'll be enough there for the, the two-thirds majority. What will this also, again, going back to why the Democrats will have this trial starting, or quite happy to have it starting, after the inauguration of, of Joe Biden. And that is, the Republicans will not, no longer be defending a president. There's, no, there's nobody there to defend. He, he, president Trump w would have gone. So it's an after-the-event kind of uh, discussion that they, they're having, and they will know... And this will be quite selfish on their part. And I understand this will, will be a selfish way of doing this. But they, they, if they find President Trump guilty, they're barring him from holding office ever again. And again, they, they can use this to further their own agenda. And if they wish to become the next president, or the next Republican president or nominee, impeaching Donald, Donald Trump is one way of going about it. It is one candidate gone straight away. And Joe Biden has barely been in office for a few weeks when that trial would have taken place. There also will be a great deal of embarrassment within the Republican Party and the goings on on, uh, on Capitol Hill. More and more video footage has come out of the horrific goings on there. We've seen police pleading for their lives under attack from a savage mob. Um, I've seen a couple of interviews from police officers that were there at the time explaining how they were pleading for their lives as this mob reached for their guns and their ammunition around their waist, trying to kill them. Actually, trying to kill the police. Now, a Republican Party always presents itself as a party of law and order in the United States. How can any Republican 
see the supporters of Donald Trump and try to stand by that. Because if you stand by Donald Trump, you're pretty much standing by those people who charged on the Capitol that, that day. And there will be a lot of embarrassment within the Republican Party of what went on then. So I think that that would be enough for the two-thirds majority to find him guilty. Regards to the, the other item that I discussed in in detail on today's podcast, the issue with Steve Baker and Boris Johnson's premiership. Do not expect any move against Boris Johnson for the foreseeable for at least a good few months. I, I did see rumours and whispers uh, at the turn of the year, uh, just towards the end of, of last year, that he will be seeking to resign in January. That is, It's not going to happen. Um, it's clearly not going to happen now. It, the rooms that he's going to leave once he got the Brexit been finalised, he he will stay in post. He's got an eight seat majority. He's sitting pretty as far as that is concerned. What will be interesting to see what happens is, as we go further through this year, we get through spring and summer when the number of infections from COVID will decrease. More and more people become um, immunised, get the immunity jab. And then, but as as we know, the COVID will it does change as as we know that there are different variations now of of COVID. So there might be another variation in winter, if infections rise again in in winter. Watch this space as to what happens then if the discussion starts on a new lockdown towards late autumn, early winter, towards the end of this year. That is when the whispers. And discussions will um, really start to manifest itself. At the moment, it is too early to say. But I think later on this year is when we'll be watching the Conservative Party with great interest as to see whether Boris Johnson will be the Prime Minister in 2022. So that's the end of, of this podcast. Thank you very, very much again for, for listening. Uh, my name is Vincent Shaw. If you've got anything you want to be raised on this podcast, anything you want to discuss about what I've been talking about uh, this evening, you can tweet me at HistoryShawV using the hashtag OurWorld. Again, this podcast is available on all decent podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Private Radio. If you search for it, you'll find it. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Good night and stay safe.